2: So it is happening whether you understand
0: it and like it or not. You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast.
3: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher podcast with me, Jenny from the blockchain and my co-host, Michael Keen. For today's interview, we have Gigi joining us. She is a software engineer and founder of Crypto Tech Woman and W3Learn Academy. And I'm super excited to jump into this interview with you. I have seen you so many times at events. We definitely have to talk about events. And yeah, I think we first met over a year ago at a Smilesverse party, and then I've just run into you at every single event ever since. Probably see you as much as I see CryptoStorm at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's great to have you on. Thank you for joining us, Gigi, and welcome to the show.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. And, and yeah, I, I definitely saw you at Smilesverse, your, your little content, <laughs> um, But I, I actually, I was telling my friends. I'm like, I, I listened to NFT Catcher podcast. I think it was like when did you guys start? I'm pretty sure it's late 21 when I first heard of it. Um, and I was yeah, like, August oh,
3: 2021, yeah. So we we've been out here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I was even because, you know, what's crazy is you had or whoever ran the crypto tech women Twitter account. Um, had messaged me back in December of 2021 and I did a Twitter spaces with you guys like and I totally had f- kind of forgotten about that and then I was like oh my god
1: that's right like we did a Twitter
3: spaces together really early on yeah, so,
1: yeah. now I remember that we were we were super excited because I think um there's a lot of podcasts that were on at that time and I love the way that you guys capture the show and the people you brought on so I was like yeah let's get them in Hey, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun journey
3: with this podcast, Michael. How have you been? It's been a while since we've recorded been like ten days. I know it
2: feels like it's been a little bit. I've been great. Everything's good. Had a nice uh, vacation with the family. Jersey Shore, Philadelphia. Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah. that's where I was last time when we talked.
3: Okay. Jersey Shore.
2: Now I'm back in Florida. Back in the office. Nice. Yeah, everything. Oh, so, we're in Florida. But,
1: I'm. I'm in. I just moved to Miami.
2: Yeah, I saw you in Miami. I'm in Broward. I'm in Parkland. We'll have so to do an nxt yeah, here. That would be the awesome. five of us that are left. Heck yeah. Oh well, you do you know? Do you know Monica Rojas?
1: Not yet. Hey. Monica
2: is. We've she's had nice. her on. She's a. She's a Jenny's friend, but a mutual friend now. Yeah, she sends out a a, a little like text message every week with all the different crypto events in Miami. I'm gonna have to sign up to Ma- that. I'm, I'm looking to build that
1: community.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna DM you after we're done because that's I get that text message. There's all kinds of cool events. Yeah, that's awesome. All
3: yeah. right, so I would love to hear about how you got into NFTs.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, what a, what a journey it's been. <laughs> so um, for NFTs, I actually got into crypto back in 2017 through some of my friends. They were already buying all sort of coins kind of forced me to go to this convention in Vegas. We were all there for Christmas. Don't ask me why. And they're like, oh, there's this event happening. Like, you just have to go with us because we're all going. It's like, great. And that was the first time I started hearing about, you know, differences between stock and like, coins. And, you know, for me, it was, okay, they're doing really well. So I'm just going to Trust the process. And these are people that have bought and hold for 10 years, right? And they're doing really, really well with that strategy. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll buy some. But I I wasn't really deep into it. Um, I'm a coder since I was 16 years old. And that's always been my love and my passion, um, just coding. Later on in 2020, I believe, or 2021, um, as I was working for my previous company, Forzawn, we did a a little retreat it's the pandemic uh we got a house in vegas so somehow vegas is a recurrence thing and Mm -hmm. we were just all there kind of like building things together um for some clients that we have and i remember it's the the said run was popping at that time Mm -hmm. it was going crazy and i was just kind of making jokes with the team like oh we should build like an nft and you know and I don't know that's that was kind of like me going into the, the NFT craze but really it was Gary V. Gary V did a podcast I feel like he's always ahead of his, his times like he, he always knows what's gonna pop he's like you have to um, learn about this technology and the first proposition wasn't really something that I cared about which was the flexing like you can flex right you can you can say you're the only owner of this and it's verified on chain and I'm not much of a flexor. so it's like, huh, oh, sounds interesting. I know of a certain demographic that would enjoy that. I'm from Venezuela, like we literally hide our phones to go on the streets, you know, because someone might steal it. Like I'm not, but I thought it was really cool, and I just kept reading about it. Eventually, one of my friends who I told about, like I was like, yeah, you gotta go into this NFT thing. He came back to me at, at some point and was like, hey, you need to learn Solidity and help me build. Um, play to earn game and I had no idea what Solidity was but he did play he did say like hey we're gonna make a challenge let's see who can learn first and I am highly competitive so once it was propositioned that way um, I kind of just went all in into learning Solidity just to beat him I fell in love with the technology and the potential that it had outside of just flexing things and you know, I think the the technology itself, especially being code, was something that really attracted me into learning more about it and kind of building something that could do good through the power of the um, kind of like ERC21 like contracts. And I think crypto as a whole, uh, you know, has so much potential to do so much good. And it's all about how we're using it. And that was back in 21. It was like summer 21, fell in love. and came into this world. <laughs> that's amazing.
3: And I'm so you got into coding at 16. I am also very curious what got you into coding? You know, that that's not like a typical career path for women. And like, that's like, I mean, that's amazing that you you got into coding at such a young age. What got you interested in that? Like, was there somebody that introduced you a family member? Like, how did you kind of, you know, decide that you wanted to be a, a software developer? Software engineer or developer. I don't know. Is it the same yeah, thing? As I, software engineer yeah, and developer.
1: Yeah. They they you can use it however you want. Um so at that age, I became independent from my family. Um actually at sixteen, I got emancipated and I wanted to build this life that I had in vision. And do that i knew i had to maybe like step away from the nest so at 16 i got emancipated i'm kind of always researching so researching has been a part of my life i'm like researching what are the highest paid jobs that you can get and software engineers obviously one of them like it's been on the list since forever and i would just go through the entire list and like look for jobs and kind of like research but what's happening in the background it's google is selling my data, right? And it's selling like companies, hey, this person is interested in this. So eventually, I got an ad from academy And it was like, learn how to build an app. And it was a gamified way of, of learning how to build on JavaScript. And I loved, I loved it. That was, that was it. I just got on it. It felt really powerful to be able to build something. Imagine that, like 16-year-olds on building websites and there was so much ownership and autonomy that I, I just fell in love. I just felt really powerful being able to build things online. So you never went to school for it? Like you were just self-taught? I started self-taught. So eventually once, and and by the way, I didn't even know this was a career. I kind of knew about it. I didn't know how could I get into it. I had no idea. So eventually I moved to LA in twenty in 2017. And when I moved to LA was when I started seeing all of these ads, like you could, this is actually a job and you can go to, to a boot camp. And I had no idea I was living in Puerto Rico before that. So once I learned about that, I, I consulted with a few friends, got into a boot camp. Um, it's like a high intensity, six month make it or break it type of boot camp, $20,000. So you're like kind of committed at that point um so did that boot camp and right as i graduated i i got a job as a founding front and engineer for a company um joined as an eighth employee left with i think it was like 200 of us by the time i left uh, last year and it was a crazy like amazing journey that i definitely recommend to anyone out there who's kind of thinking about boot camps i'm like just do it do it don't even think about it you're
3: such an action taker like and not just that story, but I mean everything I know about you, like it. You, you just I love it. I love everything that you've done. You've you've done so much in the Web three space too. We haven't even started talking about that yet. But okay, so after you know you do that boot camp, what what's kind of the next
1: step in your journey as a software engineer? Yeah, um, and then how do you tie
3: with- into and then when you kind of decide you want to create your own project, Crypto Tech Women.
1: Yeah, so, okay, I'll make it short. So basically, I did a boot camp. I know I need a job. I'm applying to jobs. It's really rough out there, applying to jobs, especially at that time because boot camps were so new where now boot camps are more acceptable because kind of the people from boot camps have been embedded and now they know, oh, if you come from a boot camp, you you got it still. Like, if you put the time in, you got it. At that time, it was so new. So it was doing interviews, but honestly, um. I think it was it was a great process. So I did an interview, flew to San Francisco to do one for um, the my first company called 4Thought. Um, Fell in love with the team. It's pretty cool. Was the first woman engineer in there for a while. I was like, we need more ladies here. We kept trying to to improve the pipeline, but it was pretty fast growth. So I came in. My job was to get our MVP uh, recreated into React, which was my expertise, and it just kind of like blew up from there. I think I had a lot of knowledge from like management as well that I did before even becoming a software engineer. So it kind of tied up to put me in a great place where I was able to help build pipelines and processes within the company, eventually mentor a bunch of engineers. And I never saw myself leaving, which is the the crazy part. So three years in, I told my boss, I'm like, hey, there's this thing NFTs. They hate NFTs, right? Like tech people, they're like NFTs scam. Yeah, don't do it. Um, but I'm still so passionate. I'm learning. I'm really excited, and something about me is I'm really passionate. So if I'm passionate about something, I'm gonna do it. And I told them, hey, I want to do something that I haven't seen, and there's not a lot of inclusivity in the space. The few projects that I've that I've seen, which was World of Women. Uh, boss beauties first generation was out there world of women boss beauties and cryptochicks were the only ones like even those are like the second one of cryptochicks haven't mentioned at that point it's like i've seen these projects but none of them really tap into the technical part of of representation in web3 it's a lot of like inclusivity for all um a project for women but i wanted to create something a little bit more niche and my goal was just doing something in education helping bridge the gap for people that wanted to come into Web3. And something that I saw really, really early on is that in Web3, people were paying more than they were paying in normal traditional tech companies because there was less demand of of people looking for jobs in this area. So I'm like, okay, so if someone may not really have like a bachelor's or the master, but they have the passion, they have the interest, they have the drive, they can get a better job then they can get in web too. And, you know, I'm a minority from Venezuela. My goal was I want to help bridge that gap for people and and bring them here. So I think because of the nature of, of what I wanted to build, my company was su- super supportive and excited. Um, I told them, hey, I want to build a, an educational platform that's the ultimate goal, to be able to bridge skills. And my boss, just like super supportive. They're like, yeah, you, you got this. <laughs> so... I never saw myself leaving. But after the mint, it was really obvious. It's, you know, building a company is a lot of work. I guess I really never saw it as building a company. I was like, I'm building a community and doing something for good. But after like post mint, the responsibility, it's a lot. And at that point, I was like, I need to take a step back and just focus on one. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot of
3: work, you know, having a project. I've all the founders are always all stressed out. There's so much expectations and pressure, and you know just a lot that goes into it. Especially when something is so volatile, it's just you know whenever money gets involved, emotions are high. Uh, Michael, I wanted to to hand it over to you.
2: Yeah, it's all good. Let let's continue on the project a little bit because I was looking when I was doing my research, going through all your your uh, with the link tree and all that. Um, So the project came out like February 2022. It sounds like you were doing like Twitter spaces, building that community, like you said. Uh, Tell us kind of what it was like, how it all kind of went down for you, if you do anything different. Um, Because you mentioned you were a little surprised, like, oh, yeah, now I have a business that I have to run. And there's people like asking me to do things. So, yeah, give us that story. I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah. So the way that it went down was pretty much so... it was august 21 when i decided mm-hmm. i'm gonna do this and i had for me it was always clear the end goal was to build a an educational uh academy um geared towards web three that the holder would have access to. so that was always the the end goal for it and going through it it was pretty so i've built a community in web two before Um also a tech community that's what i used to do previously with my platform on instagram so it was pretty clear okay you have to build a community you have to express the value i actually did not um, bridge my previous um, following i decided to create something new for the the niche market that is web three and i was doing it all i was doing the marketing i was doing the community management I was doing the twitter spaces i was kind of just doing it all because it was my passion it was something really fun i Created the whole art direction for what I wanted the art to look like. I paid upfront an artist, um, and an agency pretty much, to build the art for me. So that was an upfront cost. It was like over $30,000, but I Mm -hmm. was that confident and committed about what I was building. As a software engineer, I built my own website. I also built those smart contracts and I hired two um, solidity developers to come with me and advise me and you know make sure that what I'm doing is right and correct. And that was kind of the process from August to December. So by December I've been building this community. People want to mint. Um it's it's real at this point. And I I think there was a little bit of fear with the mint process. So I kept you know like delaying it. I'm like, it's fine. Let's continue to build the community. But by February there's twenty thousand people on the Discord it's a like it's a hype mint um i have no idea kind of i think this building community and doing it right it was what brought a lot of people to want to support this and, build, and mint this and by by february my community was like gee, like it's been like six months we either mint this or you know there's so many other projects dropping like like mm-hmm. bring this to life so at that point there were so many mints happening um because of um like women's history month so I decided February 26 we'll, we'll do out our mint. Uh, we'll do a pre-sale. That that's pretty much how the story went. I I think for me the part that was the most surprising post mint it was the the bigger feeling of responsibility. Like Jennifer said, like you you have you know pre-mint there's responsibility still, but there's no fonts right? There's no fonts involved. Um, I think once the funds were involved, um, there is a lot of the community shift of what are things happening, why isn't it happening yesterday? Um, uh, you're building a, a platform like that should be built in two days and not really understanding like how um like the work that it takes to run a company mm-hmm. um like build procedures, build the the educational kind of like curriculums we were doing. It was a lot and I come from Web two, right? So Web two, you have kind of more time to build things. It may take a month, it may take two months. It's totally understandable. In Web three, especially at that point, I think we've evolved as a community to this point. In Web three, at that point, it's like if you have a mint, they expect the utility tomorrow, and it's not because they're they're vile that way, right? It's because other companies maybe have have like done them wrong, and now they feel scared. They're like, what's going to happen after mint? So. I think it was just that. And also with my company, I had a lot of responsibilities because I was leading our product. So, you know, it's like I'm working 12, 15 hours in, a, in, my, in my job. And now I'm also working 12 hours with um, Crypto Tech Women. And at some point, I just hit a wall of being burnt out because I was really, I would wake up at 6 or 5.50, go to the gym, 6 to 8, 8 to 7.00. I would be working on like my my previous company, and then within that, I would take like my work breaks, which would be to work on CTW, and then about seven eight to two a.m. I'm on CTW, so my sleep time is like three four hours a night. It was not scalable mm-hmm. at all. Wow,
2: that's interesting how that went down, and the timing was pretty wild because you guys you literally were like right at the end of the bull market. It was literally like. That was like March, April, May is when everything collapsed.
1: Our mint. Our mint. The night before our mint, I'm so happy. Our mint is happening the next day. The the community is so excited. Like the discourse is full of like really exciting messages and I'm on the phone with someone and then that person tells me, Hey, did you just see that? Like what? They're like, Yeah, like Russia just fired a missile to Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, What? And he's like, Yeah. Check check Twitter, and I check Twitter, and it's chaos. And now the Discord chaos. They're like, "Push the mint! You should have been You should mint!" Oh uh, my! Literally, no. it wasn't even. It was maybe eight hours, nine hours before the mint. It was struggle it was, it was real, but I'm I'm so happy that we still pushed through it, and and it happened. But it the timing was just that wild. is pretty wild.
2: Yeah, I know because uh, and that war is kind of what started the whole financial downturn all around. That's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Got that in right before that. That's wild. Yeah, that, no, it was that crazy. Exciting. And you keep mentioning the company you used to work for, Uh was, is it Forethought? Let me go back. Yeah, Forethought AI.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone laughs because they're like, "You, we've done generative AI in 2018. They're like, so you went from generative AI to crypto. So that's crazy. I'm like, listen, no one cared about it. It wasn't mm. that crazy.
2: Uh, what was that like? What did you guys do there?
1: Uh, honestly, it was so fun. So we build solutions for customers in the customer support space. So it's a mixture of everything from chatbots. So if someone has to use um, Upwork, you've used their chat system. So that's a product I work mm-hmm. with, um, which is like the chatbots. Um, we build internal products for our agents. So we use AI to kind of make agents their own sidekick with AI where we're able to um, index like data for the companies and then serve it up to the agents to kind of make their life easier when they're answering um, any customer question. It's a whole suite of products that are all geared towards um, making agents more efficient and making response times more efficient for big companies that handle a lot of customer queries and, and any type of um, product like that. We've had like Gusto, Upwork, and a bunch of big companies. I don't know which mm-hmm. ones are public um, but yeah, it was a it was a really fun, fun time. I i love working with them and in their team and everything nice. was just nice. great.
2: Yeah, it looks looks pretty cool. They're still going, obviously. Oh,
1: yes, they're yeah, doing yeah. really great.
2: Are they cool? That's awesome. Uh what AI do you use in your like personal workflow?
1: Personal workflow. So I am I'm a big fan of AI, obviously, and ChatGPT, GPT, great one. Definitely get that upgraded plan so you get the mm-hmm. upgraded models. Bard, I also use Google Bard. I use both. I think they both have different ways that they kind of communicate, and I kind of just input into both and get a workflow That's but a I, good idea. I I know a lot of people that are not pro AI but I think as a founder and as someone that still does marketing as someone that has like my own personal brand, it's really it can help you a lot. It can help you with brainstorming. It can help you even in in terms of work and understanding like how can you be better at what you're doing and how can you make other people's life easier uh, but it's all about how you prompt engineer those prompts you know and and really add context so it can yeah. understand what's going on cool
2: yeah I, I need to use google bard a little more i've only been doing chat gpt i use it every day but i do need to check out google. is that one free google bard yeah yeah i need to check 100% that out free cool. yeah
3: yeah. Michael's a huge fan of AI. He's always, mm-hmm. he's always talking about it. I'm mid journey. I'm doing the art all the time. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing okay. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious what your, what your current focus is right now. Like, what are you kind of working on? I know you texted me and you said that crypto tech women, you kind of are going through a bit of a rebranding. So I'd love to kind of hear what's, what's going on these days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, so there's still a lot going on. So through, through all these bear markets, you know, we've, we've stayed at it, like we're still building. We've seen a lot of companies that kind of like came in and left. And for us, that's not even an option, right? Like our mission's still still here. It doesn't matter what type of market we're on, which I think a lot of people forget about like the mentality that you came in with and just, just staying true to that vision and, and mission. So with CryptoType Women, we had an amazing year since its launch, like over a year. And we got to a place where we launched the project. We, you know, we continue to do our weekly educational spaces. We've tapped into amazing um, guests that we've had. Um, We launched our educational platform, W3Learn Academy. And over there, you can find a lot of short form masterclasses. We also launched a free newsletter that's still out there for anyone called 30 um, Path to Web3. That XYZ and that's a free 30-day newsletter to get you onboarded from zero to, to like, you know, what you probably need to have a wallet, maybe build your own collection or create your art. we done all of these initiatives. And now looking at what we want to do and how can we impact even more people, we kind of came to the conclusion we need to branch out of having a web app and building an app. So instead of having what we currently have, we want something that's on the app store to have major distribution uh, for anyone and everyone out there, right? It, it's gonna be a complete upgrade in terms of the way that we were teaching. Right now it's master class-based. So it's short form video. We have a quiz at the end. You're able to redeem your on-chain certification, um, which in the background is it's all about token. And this has been great. But what I've been to learn looking through like data points is education has changed and the way that people learn has changed with that. And one of the most efficient ways to engage users to not just sit on a computer, but come back to this and continue to learn is gamifying education. So that's, that's one of the main things that's changing. So we we do want to update the name. We love the name for the tech women. And if you um, currently are listening to this, you can find those. Um, but we do want to have a name that isn't even true to the mission because at the core, our mission is to create accessible ways for everyone, especially minorities, to learn about um, Web3 or emerging technologies. And for the tech women in a way may not really communicate what the app is doing right so we want to kind of just make it into an app have a name that is for the community that is for the product so the naming is right now oh my god we were we just did like a two-hour session like trying to like we're we're going through all the names it's been three days uh we've been talking about like all of the other characteristics it's, it's been a process right now um kind of like rebranding if anyone has gone through that but the goal of the rebrand is to just have one name that it's the same for the community and for the product, which is different from what we have now. Right now we have one name for the product, one for the community, which can end up into building two different communities, right? There's a lot of confusion and complexities there. Um so having one concise name that is able to communicate what we're doing uh, is something easy, um, real software your song. And then from there, we have our, our CTW and Right now, this is all being done with the community. We have weekly community huddles. We have feedback. Um, We are now going to ramp up to three calls a week with the community in terms of, you know, we want to make sure that whatever we do, it's aligned with with what they want and something that excites them. Because at the end, like our community is our biggest distribution method, right? Like they are the people that love what we do. They're the people that stick to us. They're the people that are still here. So we want to make sure that we are doing this with them, because at the end, this is also for them. Um, and then, in terms of the PA- PFB, there, we are going to be upgrading to a mascot. So we want something that's really cute, likable, inclusive, um, genderless. Anyone and everyone can relate to it, and something that shows up in the app. So there are all of these elements being worked on, but at the end when you think about emerging technologies, and for us, we're focusing on AI and blockchain, there is a big gap in terms of knowledge to opportunity. And we want to be able to bridge that in a way that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. You're in Spain, you're in India. Maybe you don't know about Web3 because you're not on crypto Twitter. You go on the app store. There aren't really a lot of um, solutions that are fun and engaging for people to learn about these technologies. And the reality is, If you're not learning about AI and blockchain, you're going to be left behind, right? Because even big companies right now are paying their employees to use ChatGPT Plus so they can make their job easier, so they can be more efficient at their job. And sadly, there's a lot of um, minority groups, gender groups that don't have the access to learn about this. And, you know, they are not going to go to YouTube. It might be too complicated to like just watch a video for five hours and they might not do that. They might not be reading papers. They might not even know how to read like proper papers or like search for them. So we want to create a user experience that's just super easy to digest. It's fun. It's engaging. They're being rewarded by their learning and we're tapping into their core emotions as humans that we need of wanting to feel rewarded, wanting to feel progress feeling like you have a community to kind of like lean in um, beyond just having the app and with the new mascot also being able to create a lot of um, content that communicates through the new era which is reels tiktok gen Z. so that is a big process but we're trying to do it as fast as possible to you know have something really cool to show that's great and
3: honestly yeah you guys are doing so much um it reminds me of the saying like build and they will come right it's like you guys are just building, building, building. And, um, I actually have a crypto tech woman, uh, if you guys want to look at the collection, you can, you know, check this out on OpenSea or, or any other, um, uh, ETH marketplace, but crypto tech women, uh, look it up pretty good entry point too. like, especially with the amount of stuff that you guys are doing, like, you know, that's amazing for it to be super easy and accessible and, and a good entry. Like that's, that to me is is one of the best things about the bear market is like, because prices have come down on, on a lot of these projects, it's so much easier and and more affordable to get into the projects that you've been eyeing or, you know, support builders in the space uh, without really having to, to shell out a lot of money. So that's great. So um, one of the things you said was, you know, you were changing the art over to like a mascot type. Thing. So is my crypto tech woman going, is the metadata going to change? Like, is it going to, am I, is my the image going to be a different image now? Or how does, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So this has been a process where, where that, like, those are all the things that we're chatting with the community about, whether it's a, it's a burning mechanism where you have to burn your, your CTW. But in, in that process, there are people that are very attached to it, right? Like they don't want to, they don't want to burn it. They love their CTW. They feel like they, they meant to go right one. So we're we're kind of walking through and and negotiating what could be a, a good claim mechanism. I think the the burning could be something really really memorable, right? Um, but we'll we'll see. These are all work in progress. We would not change the metadata at any point because I think that kind of you know I I know there's some collections doing it. I personally I would love to think that it's immutable and you know there's no metadata changes where I would rather do a claim for for the new mascot but it's gonna be really exciting because i the, the thing about the mascot is that i am so excited to create something that um you know anyone can identify with and it's just cute and i think that's something that there are so many cute collections out there that i'm like oh my god this is so cute but at the end of the day i'm currently rocking my own profile picture right on my social medias because i think there is power of being docs. Like I'm so docs, you can find me on late then and there is power to that. Uh, but eventually I would love to to wear something that that maybe is mine and that I also think it's like really cute. So, uh, but no, there's no metadata changes. Uh, there will be a claiming period. So you'll, I'll keep you updated. Okay. Sweet.
3: Yeah. I mean, I love how you do it too. Like with your, your profile picture, it's like, it's your face, but also, you know, in the, in the photo as well, you have a bunch of your NFTs, you have your doodle, you have your, you know, CTW, you have your Azuki bean, your your Pudgy penguin. So you kind of, I like that you did it like that. And, um, yeah, I, uh, one of the things you were saying, Oh, I'm excited for the cuteness factor it reminds me of speaking of Pudgy penguins, we had Luke and Nets on, and he was saying like, you know, the the cute cuteness factor goes a long way with NFTs like people love like, you know, cute NFTs and stuff. So I'm excited to see what what the art looks like and, you know, to to continue following along with your guys's journey, seeing what you're building.
1: A hundred percent. I think that's the thing about Web3 is like whether you are in it for the utility or not, because that that is also a reality. We have all of this utility. And for a lot of people, they bought because they support the mission. They bought because they support me. Um, they bought because maybe one of them looked like them. They bought maybe because they thought their daughter's going to like it. Because we also have a lot of males in the collection. Yeah. And or like owning the collection. But I think once you tap into a genderless, timeless IP, it's so much easier for other people or like anyone and everyone to to relate to it based on on different traits. But um, in terms of entry points, I I will say 100% one of the things about um, accessible entry points is we've had um, initiatives that are not ours. They were kind of community done um, where we've had one collector who's been buying them and giving them to schools in Africa so they can access our courses through them. Um, It's like a little region. So that's been really cool. She's been sweeping so many of them to give them access to the courses. We have one in Haiti that um, he is super enthusiastic to uh, one give them out, but also maybe start a chapter there and have maybe study groups. So I think the the low entry point has really made it accessible for people that again would normally not access to a course that may cost you a thousand, two thousand dollars, but within with this NFT, it's it's free, right? And even with the app idea, so the app idea also enables us to create better business models that you know, at the end of the day, longevity as a company is your number one goal. You don't want to be here for two years. You want to be here for 10 or more, right? And eventually maybe get acquired or, or IPO like that. That is the goal that if you're starting a business, that's the one thing you should be really, really focused on. Um, it's growth. So with the app idea, our holders will still have priority in terms of the things that we're doing versus not being a holder. And that that's something that I'm really excited to kind of like, map out and be able to show that there is power in owning a digital collectible and it can grant you access in many ways and there are reasons why yes you could do this in, in web2 technologies but there are so many ways that within within web2 technologies things can be like spoofed or tricked and um i think still like betting on on nfts and still the move probably not an a speculative asset right but they're, they're a for people building real companies and definitely Pudgy Penguins is one of them with everything they're doing. Yes. And
3: Gigi is a founder I can get behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Support good builders in this space. Gigi is definitely one of those people. Um, and, and you're always speaking at events too. I mean, yeah, I was saying I, I run into you at a lot of events, but you're also speaking at a lot of events. Um, NFT NYC, most recently you spoke at, you I mean, all over your your Twitter page, you got you're you're speaking at a ton of events. How has that, like, how has that, speaking and also like kind of the power of networking and and going to events been beneficial for you? Um, you know, as a, as a builder in this space.
1: I mean, I think even even beyond this space, like when I wanted to be a software engineer, the first thing I do is I would be so weird, and I would go to all the networking events, and I would feel so uncomfortable because I would probably. I'm not probably, I 100% felt so unqualified to be at those networking events. And I definitely did not feel like an imposter because I wasn't fooling anyone yet. But I was like, oh my God, like everyone here has so much more experience than me. I'm going to sound like a dumbass probably with something I'll say, but I would still do it because showing up is literally 80% of it showing up, showing up and not being afraid to look like a fool and say the wrong thing because you know saying the wrong thing will eventually lead me to learning the right thing because all will correct you so I um I did that before and I did the same thing in web three my first web three event was g Money's metaverso event in Puerto Rico in December 21. It was actually the day before my birthday. I went there I met the best people in the space like I met um, and that day I met like Luper Turley, who still a good Frank Petrupa, like great mind, such a genius and everything he does. And then, um, like the founder of POA, there was just all these people, which again, I felt I was building my community. There are so many things I didn't know. And that was one of the best things that I did was go to that event. I connected with so many brilliant minds that eventually ended up helping me through thinking through problems, helping me learn about the space more. Um, We ended up doing partnerships eventually together. I mean, networking, I think, is 100% um, something that you should do. And even if you don't have the opportunity to go to real events, go to Twitter spaces. Twitter spaces is almost the same. It all depends what Twitter spaces you're joining, right? But for me, networking online or IRL is number one. Like, It's the best way for you to meet people. It's the best way for you to make friends. and the best way to for you to scout for partnerships. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have this type of connection where maybe you've met or maybe you've chatted or maybe you send them a DM, the likelihood of you being able to send a cold DM and landing something, it's not that good. It's not that good. If you're looking for a partnership, it, it's rough. I think like building building that relationship, and it doesn't have to be that you are building a partnership or, or anything. It just has to be that if you're in the space, you mm-hmm. want friends. This space is, is rough, as it is. That technical space, there are so many neat things to learn, and you're not going to learn them by yourself. You're going to learn them by talking to people, by going to Twitter spaces and, and learning about what they're talking about. You're going to learn it by going to in-real-life events and introducing yourself and Maybe that person is not someone who can help you in whatever you're doing, but the person they know is. And the power of human connection and networking is truly one that I 100% recommend anyone to do and kind of step out of that bubble of of feeling insecure and feeling afraid because I felt 100% afraid. And I used to not even be able to think about speaking in public. And actually in 2020, I have a photo on my phone before the pandemic. I found the place to um they do public speaking classes in San Francisco. And at that time, oops, I wanted to to speak about coding. And I took a photo. I was I was like, I'm gonna go and speak in 20 conferences in the next three years and talk about coding. And then the pandemic happened. So then I never did that class. And then I eventually ended up doing all the stages because I knew that I had something to tell. I I'm my speaking presentations are usually onboarding people into um, web three projects, like teaching them about how to build one or why you should be interested in this technology. And education, I think there's some, there's a lot of flack in this space, though, making up my mind that that is something I want to go and, and teach others. Because for me, it's really important that you're not gatekeeping information with what made me step out of that bubble and that fear. And same with spaces. Spaces was... Twitter spaces for anyone out there seem really scary at the same time, but it's fine. Everyone's been there. You'll get through it. Yeah, we've
3: done a couple of spaces together as well. Um, And you have your own show, uh, Twitter Spaces show, The Hot Seat. So if anyone wants to tune in to some good Twitter spaces, check out GG's Twitter. We'll definitely link it. Michael, do you have any more questions for Gigi before we go into our... Yeah, I have one more I wanted to bring up. Everybody
2: that listens to the podcast knows how much I love to travel, and I've actually told this story before. But in the summer of 99, I spent the whole summer in Venezuela, all over the country. Where are you from in Venezuela? I am from Puerto La Cruz. You know Puerto La Cruz? I think so. Is that the port that's just across from the island of Margarita? Isla de yeah, Margarita.
1: My, yeah. yeah, my dad is from Margarita. And then my okay.
2: From La <laughs> I, I spent time in both. Yeah, I, was, I went to Port Lamar, Juan Grego on the island. I uh, loved Juan Grego with the sunsets and just a chill little beach. Like, loved it there. Uh, and I was actually, believe it or not, uh, in Plaza de Bolivar the day Hugo Chavez was elected which is like Uf. world history. I know. Yeah, I know. It didn't Uf. turn out so good. Did not fun, turn out fun well.
1: Fun fact, my my last name, which I, I just used my my person. Technically, mm-hmm. in Venezuela is just one name, Giannina Scarlet. Um, I guess in the U.S. it's name and middle. But my last name is actually Bolivar.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Simone Bolivar. I love it. I love yes. it. Are you related or who knows? Probably There's probably a million there's probably some some yeah, sun, sun, yeah, yeah. Sun
1: line down there
2: <laughs> yeah I loved it though I we had the most amazing time that summer such a beautiful country amazing people amazing food. I uh, went over to merida in the mountains that was probably uh-huh. my favorite with the telefetico and the whole that I love We had such a great time kicked off my love for travel. I've now been all over South America all over Central America, almost every country in South America
1: that's amazing i i personally love to travel i yeah i used to travel way more before becoming a founder but now Mm -hmm, i travel mm -hmm. for web3 company uh web3 events so exactly exactly you take what you can get (laughs) Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. love it how long uh how long have you when did you leave venezuela
1: i left venezuela pretty early on so we officially left in 2002 which okay. is when about when it started getting really bad, and I continued yeah. to visit up until twenty eleven. Um, but after that, it was really it's really tough to visit, and still to this day, so most of my family is there, except for my mom and brothers, and my and my real dad. Um, and you know, it's rough because I I love my family so much. I want to be there with them, and that is rough. You, you know, it's, it's tough um so for anyone out there who's, who's in my shoes i'm i'm with you it's it's really mm-hmm. rough like being outside in a different country by yourself but you know it it just makes it so much more possible for me to help them um by being out here and and you know doing my thing here so mm-hmm. it balances out
2: mm-hmm. interesting interesting good to hear your story there yeah no i mean it's it's really a shame i've heard things have gotten a little bit better i th- but no nah, not from what you've yeah. heard that's no we're, i we're, watch like people travel there some of like the youtube travel people but they probably don't give the full story and um
1: yeah and they i mean also just like the level of security that you have to travel with right um to yeah. be able to be safe like i i have friends that are from venezuela still have to block and look like you know, Venezuelans, because for my family, they're like, you're blonde, like you need to dye your hair brown and you need mm. to, you know, there's a lot of steps to take. And I know people from there that, you know, have gotten into situations, including my family. So it's, it's not good. I want it to be better. One day yep. it will be better. <laughs> yeah,
3: one day it will. Sweet. Okay, so let's go into our our uh, our final segment here, which is our Gas Wars rapid fire question segment where Michael and I are going to ask five questions each, uh, not necessarily related to, you know, the Web3 space. And yeah, you'll just answer them in like a
1: sentence or less if you can. Sounds sounds so fun. I'm so ready.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. See, I guess I'll go first here. Uh, What's something you've always wanted to do but haven't done yet?
1: Skydive. Ooh,
3: I I went skydiving actually. I would recommend it. I would recommend
1: it. I'm so scared that I want to do it one day. I think Uh... I will pass out, but we'll see. Oh my God. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try. Yeah. Uh,
2: What's your favorite thing to cook?
1: Ooh, favorite thing to cook? It has to be my breakfast. Basic it's turkey bacon, eggs. And I just put it in a tortilla and I make that a little wrap. Nice.
3: Ooh, keeping it simple. Love it. Uh, where was the one I was going to ask? Oh, yeah. This one ironically ties in with um, Michael's butt. What is your favorite restaurant?
1: Oh, my favorite restaurant. Wow. I, I, I mean, I have to say this is very ba- basic LA vibe, but I really love Catch LA because has really great food, really great vibes, really great ambience. And I that's usually where I go celebrate things when I'm excited.
2: Hmm. Nice. Nice. What was your first job?
1: Oh my first real job was working on the clothing on the dressing room department at TJ Maxx in New Jersey. Hey. In Cape Cod. Sorry, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. <laughs>
3: I used to always, like, TJ Maxx, I was, like, where I would shop when I was, like, a teenager. Always. What was your favorite TV show as a kid? Doc 70s show. Okay. <laughs> 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 Wait, as, like, a little kid? Or how old were you oh, when you actually, were No, them? as
1: a little kid. No, as a little kid, it was probably Pokemon or Dragon Ball. Pokemon. I, I'm a nerd.
2: <laughs> okay, nice. Nice. Apes or punks? Ooh. Punk. That's what everybody's been answering. I know everyone's gone punks. down. Yeah, everyone's saying punks. Oh, is it? Is, is it's always is it been lower? punks
1: though? It's yeah. always been punks for me. I I like the provenance.
2: That's what Gary V always said too. You mentioned Gary V earlier. He always said punks is the one that's gonna last. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like the provenance. You know.
3: Yeah. And they don't um, have to execute. Yeah, they're
1: just art. Right. What's What's one book that's changed your life? One book that changed my life is called Choice Theory by William Glasser. Definitely recommend to anyone out there. I literally recommended it yesterday. To someone else I was like, change my life. You have to read it. And I gave it it? to
3: give us a little synopsis.
1: Yeah, so choice theory is really amazing. It literally is about choice theory. So I think in in life a lot of us react and we take actions and we take reactions. And we think we're thinking, but no one's actually thinking. But when you take a step back, when things happen to you, even before you react, thinking about all of the possibilities in terms of if I do this, what, you know, what do I think will happen and and seeing all of the ways that your actions can change the outcome of, of anything that's happening. So it was really powerful, still is um, definitely recommended to anyone out there. I love that.
3: I'll have to get that.
1: Choice, like theory. Yeah, yeah. choice theory. Yeah.
2: Choice I like throwing things like that into chat GPT yeah. and, and having them give me some <laughs>
1: points. points. That also works. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's typically did my I, move.
1: Did I survive? Did I survive?
3: I have
2: I have two more and you have one more.
1: Oh shit, really? Okay.
2: Right, yeah. Like, uh best concert you've ever been to.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm Latmina. Bad Bunny, baby. Hey, Bye. let's
3: go. Bad Bunny has some bangers. Uh, I've been to
1: all his concerts. And really? Fun fact. So what? in Puerto Rico, I was a VIP manager for a club. This is like 26, 2016. Um, and that was one of his first shows there when he wasn't even famous. Wow. I was like, oh, I was like, oh you're singing here. Oh, nice to meet you. I have, like <laughs> the photo. Yeah, after that I've been all he's he's so great. Wow, all
3: of his shows, that's amazing. So you travel just to see him?
1: It's been so I've seen like all of his shows in terms of like for the album he's done. Oh, so I've seen right, all of right. the ones in Puerto Rico and then because you know, Puerto Rico's like I'm connected with a lot of people there and everyone's kind of connected in some ways. It's such a little island. I was in San Francisco. My friend was like, hey, he's having a show. Here's some tickets. You should go see him. Like, yes. And then I went and go to Puerto Rico sometimes. Yeah, like I'm just mean. It, but all his shows, but it's always so fun. I, I love like um the happiness in the music. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It, it's it's a good team. I'm like, I'm sl- like, I know some Spanish, but I'm not like fluent. So for me, I kind of like that I like don't know what he's saying. Like I kind of like when I don't know.
1: I think it's you know, better
3: Yeah, and it's just like I can just vibe. And then my mom was like, "Wait, do you even know what that's saying?" Like I was like listening to this one Spanish like mm. rap song, and she's like, "Um," because she like speaks fluent. I'm like, "Mom, I don't yeah. want to know what what they're saying."
1: Yeah, you should not. Yeah.
3: Uh, I can I can pick up little things here and there, but um. Okay, my last question: What's something that you want to get better at?
1: Something that I want to get better at, there are so many things that I want to get better at. <laughs> I think right now, because we are looking to build an, an app, one of the things I want to get better at is um kind of like a coding language that's specific to that, so I would love to build you know build some of it myself. I probably won't be able to build all of it, but um i I love coding, so I want to get better at that. but I think also probably. Yeah, I would say that. Um, get better at having a real life outside of digital. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the one. I spend too much time just working in my you know apartment or something, and I do not spend too much time with friends or doing things without my phone. So that's something I would love to get better at. Like mm. I think the most I've been without my phone in this past year, it's probably one hour while. Well, one hour
3: (laughs) I guess when you're sleeping eight hours
1: maybe (laughs) yeah besides that
3: connected
1: mentally yeah well
3: yeah it's it, it it is really nice to to go out in nature too and just kind of you know just be present in the moment and and just be able to enjoy the beauty and and really take everything in like that's something I've been trying to get a lot better at too
1: I'm grateful for my friends that haven't unfriended me But even (laughs) I went to Puerto Rico. I went to Puerto Rico recently and I was on a I was at a Discord stage. I'm like chatting with my friends there and my girlfriend literally just took it. and she says, please let her leave. I really want to be with her. She's visiting me. And I was like, Oh my God, let me get out of this. But like let me just stay there just in case. It's bad. It's bad. Oh my
2: (laughs) gosh. It's addicting. And uh, my final one is what is your favorite travel destination?
1: Ooh. Ooh, my favorite travel destination that I've been to. I've traveled a lot. That's a fun fact. Before getting into Web3, I've hit more than 45 countries. Nice. Wow. Man. What the heck? Yeah. And I think the favorite one still is Italy. Ooh. And I, I, I really like like Palawan and then like Philippine Islands. Mm-hmm. Bali is really nice, but I think Italy has community. And that's something that reminds me of Venezuela before. Like you go to the streets, people are making friends, people are talking to each other. It's a very friendly, and I'm all I'm about positive. Like I love being positive, I love friendliness, I love having fun. So i think italy just spoke to my soul and i love the carbs and the food and the bread is perfect
3: <laughs>
2: amazing you survived now
1: <laughs>
2: you survived wow, We made
3: it through yeah that was great um and yeah that was a lot of fun gg i actually added your book to i always buy used books on thrift books shout out thrift books <laughs> And um, I'm always like adding books to my card and because I I read books pretty quickly, I like to think, and so I'm choice theory four bucks
1: about to get it choice theory four bucks, and if you get the three month free trial on Audible, you can get it for free. The, the,
3: you get the physical book for free or just the audiobook?
1: Just audio. See, I don't
3: I don't like audio. I I like to actually read. Like I, I don't know. There's something about for me like being able to like touch a book and actually like read the words. Like I I know it's kind of old fashioned, but I'm like, I I just love that, that part of it. Um, I agree.
1: I think I think audiobooks still are great if you're able to jump on, you know, if you work out. Yeah. I used to just yeah, work out with so the Audible on and just absorb it, but it doesn't stick the same cuz I I sometimes get lost in my thoughts and then I miss out a whole chapter. <laughs> yeah,
3: you start getting distracted. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, you can get distracted while reading too, like, you know, I Sometimes, sometimes that happens. But anyway, (laughs) enough about books, enough (laughs) about reading, folks. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And shout out to everybody who tuned in to this episode. We appreciate you. Um, And we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.